fives, the show of everything. Top fives presented by the Sex Effects. I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, tonight uh, we have a comedic, uh, action-packed program for you. I'm so, so goddamn excited. Uh, <laughs> but before we get to all the excitement, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I can I can share your excitement, Joey, and I can feel it. Yeah, through, it's fucking airways right now, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, good. fresh off. Uh, I, I was at the this boat. Re- yeah, fresh off the boat, y'all. Um, yeah. I was fresh off this youth retreat that I went to this weekend. Um, I've been playing uh, some music and lending out my musical talents uh, to um, kind of the worship scene these days. Oh. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. And um, I don't do know, they worship co- you? Because I worship you. <laughs> no, no, the uh, the music was for. For uh, uh, for other things, but um, uh, it was it was interesting, man. It was it was really uh, quite refreshing to at, at the same time. I, it was nice to kind of be in a place that um, was kind of remote and um, had like no cell phone service this weekend. So it was oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of cool to like separate from uh, the real world every now and then and to um, disconnect to disconnect y'all. So yeah, yeah it, that's it was wonderful, cool, man. man. Uh, I had a good time and. Um, you know, it's cool being able to also just kind of see the influence of music in other ways. And, um, yeah, man, had a good time. And, uh, yeah, it's Monday, and I am feeling it's... so full off this uh, Pan Express that I just ate. So. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. You're you're 30, and you ate Panda Express, oh, man. and you deserve... Fucking whatever happens to your toilet bowl, you deserve uh, all of it. It's been a minute, but I will. Yeah. I will hopefully make it through the the podcast. I think you're um, gonna be okay, Joe. How was your weekend, dude? Um, it was all right, man. Um, yeah. What happened? I had uh, dinner with uh, my folks um, Friday night, Saturday. I don't remember. <laughs> um, so it must have been good. Um, oh, no, I went to the movies with my dad. Me and my dad went to the movies. Um, saw 1917. Hey. Highly recommend it. Go see this in the theater. You have to see it on the big screen. Um, it's powerful. It's emotional. It's moving. Uh, I rank it right below Saving Private Ryan, to be honest with you. Hey, wow. Um, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, ordered a really good burrito. Saturday oh, night man. burritos. Yeah, would you order California from? burrito from from Celia's by the beach? Hey. Kisses fingers, just so good. Um, <laughs> and then Sunday is a fun day. I did chores. I kept it low. Oh, I had uh, breakfast with my uncle Mike. That was lovely. I had such a great oh, time. Cool. CNN. We went to Joe's because that's where we go. And um, that was yeah. It was probably you know the highlight and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it, dude. Went to went to a little Oscar party last night. Got there hey. late, and um, yeah, man. Did you end up In watching fact, let's, the Oscars or? Eh, yeah, yeah. I saw you know I saw them. I think I got there when they were announcing like best actress. I think. Gotcha. Um, so. But I did like I would I would watch them announce it and then I was I don't give a shit about the speeches, um, yeah. so that's when I would go and drink my beer or my Jameson or whatever and you know, um, but let's talk about the Oscars for a second. 
Yeah. Uh, because history was made last night. Um, I, I've i said on this program many, many times, and I, I stand by it. The Oscars are they're meaningless. They're meaningless. If you get worked up over these awards ceremonies or whatever, you're just – the people who created them are laughing at you. That's, you know – that's the thing. They were created to get actors and filmmakers to do what the studios wanted. That's the only reason they exist, having said that. Yeah. Um, Parasite won not only Best Foreign Film, it won Best Picture, deservedly so. You know me. I'm all about The Irishman. But this movie absolutely deserved to win Best Picture and um, seemed like it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Um Bong Joon Ho, the director. Yeah, the director, right? He, up didn't he win? Four, yeah, he racked up four Academy Awards. It's the um, he's tied with Walt Disney. Damn, for the most awards um, in one ceremony. That's big. So it's like it's wow. like a sixty-seven year record or something like that. So it's wild. Yeah, dude, that's, that's um, so crazy, man. And the, yeah, that is you know in, just seeing by the response and the amount of people talking about. You know the Oscars that are the Best Picture nomination. It's uh, yeah, it is it's quite first time a foreign language too. film is won. Yeah, that's that's very. It's big, wild. Man. It's really crazy, and I it's you know I I tweeted out as soon as that was like holy shit the Oscars are relevant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. Have yeah. you seen Parasite? You know what? Uh, there are probably a few, probably a bunch of movies on the Oscar nom list that I have not seen, and I have been recommended Parasite, uh, but I have not seen it yet. Oh my god, uh, it's so good. Now, it's of course, so good. I'm definitely interested in watching it. Um and is it still in theaters at the moment? I believe or? it is. I believe okay. you can check it out in the theaters. It's around here, so it must be out in LA. Yeah. I would actually think if they won, maybe they might even do a uh, a more a re-release. A re-release or a big I heard he was going to re-release it in black and white, actually. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Which okay. Be, would be cool, yeah. Um, um any other, uh, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to really watch it. I, I kind of share your same feel on a lot of the award show stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I, you know, um, I, you know, I usually Joaquin took home best, best actor. No surprise there for the Joker. Okay. Uh, huh. I was surprised at the Irishman though. Not the, uh, get yeah, one award. I got shut out one dude. Yeah. So, um, Hmm. What else? You know, Brad Pitt. You know, Brad Pitt and Joaquin Phoenix. I think were the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, Renee Zellweger got actress. Actress, right? Um, Laura Dern got supporting, which I don't think she necessarily. I wouldn't have chosen that, you know. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then nineteen seventeen won a few times, right? It For... got best visual effects, probably best. Editing, I think, and then I think sound mixing. I think they got sound probably, mixing too. Probably, probably. Yeah, uh, or was like that Ford versus Ferrari? Or there's two sound. There's two yeah. sound oh. uh, awards, technical sound awards. Yeah. Um, I think it was um, sound. I think it was sound mixing. But yeah, don't quote me on that one. There, the categories are a little. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones. It won best cinematography, best sound mixing, and best visual effects. Got you. Gotcha. Roger Deakins, man, that's crazy, dude. I yeah. I always ad, I always he's, admire the. He's amazing. Yeah, I always admire the, and then of, you know especially this, being a sound engineer myself. Uh, yeah, it is is incredible how how much goes into the kind of 
the I know there's the visual side and the editing and the cinematography and all that, but also the the audio and the sound design and the and it's just as important. It is you yeah, know um, it really drives the the story, the where those characters are at, like all mm-hmm. those different things. So in film school, they said you know you could have a shitty looking movie, but if, as long as it sounded okay, it's fine. But if you fine. had a great looking movie but people couldn't hear it, you're fucked. Yeah. So it really does come down to sound, and there's really you would really appreciate the the sound design and, and mixing and everything in 1917. It's it's a masterpiece. Dope, dope. I'm actually so I've been I'm if I have some I've been I like you've recommended that movie a few times to me, and um, I I would I would actually really would like to go out. It's been a minute since I've been out to the movies too, so I would really like to go out and watch. It that. had been a minute for me too. I think Star Wars might have been the last Same movie I'd gone out to see. Um, but yeah, you have to see 1917 and you absolutely got to see Parasite. Yeah. And I it's saw not a actually, movie that I can like describe to you without giving everything away. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why I'm, uh, now my, obviously my curiosity is peaked and, uh, I am interested to see, uh, the movie for what it is, uh, not really reading about it. Not, you know, I've just been recommended it, but not really knowing too much about it. So I am pretty stoked for, um, you know, I, I try to, I try my best to at least, you know, any of the nominations, you know, I, I try to see some of those movies even after the award shows. So, yeah. um, yeah. I went in completely Joey, blind and I was go? so happy that I did. Shit. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh no. Joe. Oh, there you are. There you are. Hey bud. Hey bud. You disappeared We're good. for a second. I'm still recording. I know. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Me too. Um, um, but yeah, I went in completely blind to Parasite. I was very happy that I did. So I encourage you to do the same. Cool, man. Yeah, if if there's uh, yeah. any showing, forget your glasses. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Um, but yeah, Academy Awards happen. There we go, man. There we go, man. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Joey. That's the big of, news. This kind of segues into my my top five tonight because oh, does it now? Does um, it? Uh, you know, it talks about, you know, we talk about a lot of movies on the show and, um, yeah, we don't talk about that many movies. I don't know. I was thinking like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, obviously there's a lot of different, uh, departments and, and working parts to, uh, having a movie and, and the studio behind it and the people behind it. And I'm always fascinated about, um, movie sets and how they're, how people are able to create, um, and mostly, I mean, I know CGI is, is such a big thing these days, but I still admire movies, even movies that come out today that build their sets and there's physical items that reflect kind of the place or the world you're in. So Joey, what are your top five uh, movie sets? Sets. Okay. Um, when you text me, I thought it said set pieces. Oh, set so, pieces. Um, oh, my bad, dude. No, we're okay. Because you know what? Looking at my list, I'm going to stick with this. Okay. I'm going to stick with this. And um, I didn't want to do what I always do because really at the top, it would always be Raiders of the Lost Ark, the opening <laughs> scene. And we've talked about that so many times, so many times. times. So yeah. I really kind of went and tried to pick stuff out that we haven't talked about too much on this show. Um, and number five, 1917. There's um, a, a sequence where they go into an abandoned bunker and I don't want to give anything away, but everything that happens in that set is just, you feel the claustrophobia, you feel 
the it puts you in their shoes like like nothing else. You're on the edge of your seat, and um, uh, yeah, it's impossible to talk about with without giving away spoilers, which I do not want to do because I want you to experience this. But there you go. Um, okay. If you've seen the movie, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, number four, I'm going to say Modern Times, uh, the Charlie Chaplin film. Okay. Uh, his last silent. And uh, there's, you know, it begins um, in a factory. Like he's he's working, you know, on the production line and everything. And then he gets trapped inside of the machine in the cogs, you know. And oh. <laughs> it's this really wonderful visual of him trapped in literally in the cogs and he's like working on it and everything. And it's hilarious and it's, but it has, you know, like all great Chaplin movies has something to say about society and the time that they were in. And, uh, it's wonderful. I like that. That's cool. The set itself is, it's tells so much of a story in a way. Yes. Through through the vehicle also of, of Charlie Chaplin. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about it too, you know, uh, comedy, I think comedy, Comedy and music are the two forms of entertainment that cut to the truth more than anything else. You know, you can watch a drama and it can be factually correct or whatever, but I don't think we can actually, as a society, as people, talk about those uncomfortable truths the way we can in comedy and in music. That's how we really approach things. So, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, Number three, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah, um, dude. The vehicles are, are the sets. You know, I, I think about the dude strung up to the uh, to the amplifiers playing the fiery yeah. guitar, you know. <laughs> I mean, but everything like in that movie. props, dude. Like, that was... Those, everything, yeah, everything yeah. was built um, like that, dude. It's so crazy. It's, it's fucking amazing. So, um, yeah, everything, everything you see in Mad Max Fury Road is a set, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, everything in that movie is just incredible. Um Number two, I'm going to go, and I guess this is the only one that kind of fits more in the set piece, but I think it's a set unto itself. Saving Private Ryan, the D-Day, the beach. Um, Yeah, dude. You know, it really is an accurate portrayal of of what happened, and um, it puts you, you know, Spielberg uses all of his tricks, the shaky camera, the, you know, Really putting you in the in the, the really, shoes of the soldiers and yeah yeah big time you know and the the way the sound mix fucking happens and and then you know everything kind of is disoriented and you know um it's incredible it's really incredible so I guess that could be kind of a cheat um but I think it's it's so memorable you know um yeah. And number one, I'm going to go an old Buster Keaton movie, Steamboat Bill Jr. Um, Because we have to remember, kids, there was a time before CGI. And there was a time before stunt doubles. Like these old comedians like Charlie Chaplin and and, um, Buster Keaton were famous, not only because they were amazing comedians and things like that, but because they actually did the shit themselves. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they were the show. And there's a scene in Steamboat Bill Jr. where he's standing in front of a house and the house co- falls down around him. 
and he had to stand oh, cool. perfectly in the doorway. <laughs> um, if he had been off two inches one way or the other, he would have been killed. Wow. And it's, it's incredible. You know, they could only get it the one time. And yeah. um, so, you know, you just see him standing there and this house falls down around him and the house is gone and he's just standing there in the dust. And they really did it. They really wow. fucking did it. And um, I think it's just, it's, it's incredible. It would never, ever, ever happen today because I'm sure there's laws against that. Um, <laughs> but it's really, it kind of, it's incredible. And we don't, we don't have anything like that today. Mm-hmm. So that's, wow. that's my number one. I like that, dude. I, I like how it, there's a lot of movies on your list that tie to kind of even the history of film and, and the kind of evolution. There's so many different movies and stages, you know, like as far as like how people utilize the sets and the locations and, and the way the actors uh, interact with them too, you know, to, to yeah, really get yeah. you immersed into it. So um, I dude, wanted to I, try to think outside the box because it would have been so easy to have been like Temple of Doom or, you know, Bespin or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> my, um, my list is kind of like that because I'm like, oh my no, God. No, no, no. But I'm thinking but of we like need all that sorts too of... because it's true. It's that's the other side of the coin, you know. Um, um, yeah, dude, I I like your list, and it it really makes me uh, think about even some of the yeah I guess some of the older films too, and and how you know the the set piece was a character in itself in, in a way, you know, like it really um, it really does you know kind of transform the what people are seeing on on, on the screen. And then the in, the interactivity of uh, you know the interaction between the actor and the and the location and the sets and what they're doing it's like you know we don't get enough of that I feel because it's you know no. it's replaced by CG usually or you know they green screen it and then they kind of replace it with all that stuff you know so <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah uh, yeah I've got kind of a like mixed list it's it's all sorts of different movies some movies that like I really enjoy some movies that are not my favorite, but I, I admire them for just the scale of just what they did for those films. Um, so I got number five. Um, I got the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan um, myself, but just the, I think Weta uh, Workshop did a lot of the um, miniature sets, and um, it was amazing. I just I saw a video on um, kind of like special effects and movies, uh, recently on YouTube and they yeah. were talking about uh, Lord of the Rings and how most of the kind of scenic shots were all see are, are all uh, uh, miniature sets. And, you know, there's small things like, you know, um, you know, people that they would CG in there or whatever, but majority of the things uh, that you're seeing there were physically built and, and, you know, kind of scaled out to look like these gigantic structures. Um, and then there's uh, a lot of the, st- the, I guess the Hobbit, uh, where they lived, the village, um, they built those into this kind of, it's just such a interesting, um, design that they made and they were able to, to find a way to even, um, cause the, the Hobbits are small, like dwarfs, I guess. And, um, you, you have other characters. So there's a scaling thing they had to do and they did a little bit of kind of movie, um, magic or whatever illusion, but they'd actually legit built like you know, smaller halls or whatnot. Yeah. So I don't know. Lord of the Rings, like I, I, the amount of work they did, um, with, you know, Weta, uh, the Weta workshop, um, in creating a lot of those structures was, it's just incredible to like, think of the, uh, the mass scale 
and just the way that they were able to uh, incorporate that to build this kind of world within these three films. So, and not only um, the work that they did, you know, building those sets, but also building the matte paintings behind it because it's a very old yeah. film technique, right? Of of kind of yeah. tricking the camera eye to, you know, oh, it's it's that's a background, but it looks like you know, there's this whole world behind, you know. Yeah, um, they, they really were able to capture that. And it, it's great to see, like, you know, I, I know these films, the, now I think these films have come out, God, I don't know when they came out, but a couple of years now, it's been, I think, more than a decade. Lord of the Rings? It's been, I want to say they came out, started coming out in 2001? One, yeah. So, I mean, even for that time, um, it, it was great that, um, you know, like, I guess Peter Jackson and, and the rest of the crew were able to still take those kind of traditional techniques uh, for, for film and, and deliver that. And I think it garters a better result because it just looks so real when you yeah. look at it. Uh, so, yeah, um, Lord of the Rings for number five. Um, I'm going to go number four. Uh, <laughs> not the biggest fan of these movies, too. I mean, I... But the Harry Potter series. Um, okay, just, you're just fucking twisting the knife into my back, aren't you? Right uh, now, I'm you sorry, son dude. of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but long story short, um, yeah, uh, kind of similar to Lord of the Rings, uh, using you know on-set locations, uh, ca- you know cathedrals in England, um, and also building these kind of sets again to transform and and tell the audience about this, this kind of world of magic and the kind of small little differences, uh, versus the real world or whatnot. Um, and I think, uh, again, it's like a world building thing. And I think they were able to really nail that with even just the smallest details. Um, one set that I really remember the most is the ministry of magic. And it's kind of like the government of the magic world and, um, very elegant building. And there's just these different, rooms and and they were able to build like a uh, almost like a scaled version of it of the main kind of hall um so again kind of like lord of the rings they were able to really build physical sets and and really have the characters kind of live in that set in a way so um yeah right so on. harry potter f- for number four great uh number three <laughs> um i've got uh we got here uh you know, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Star Wars, dude. It, I feel like a lot of my sci-fi love goes back to Star Wars, and my kind of first experiences with like movie magic and movie sets is is kind of Star Wars, dude. Because sure, sure. You know, they uh, especially with Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic, like being able to to build these sets and and uh, use these techniques to 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 make it look like you're in space. And kind of the most iconic set that I always think of is like the Death Star and the kind of trench run that happens in, in A New Hope. And it's uh, it really brings you into that kind of world um, and, you know, the make, make does convince you that you're in a galaxy far, far away. So um, that it does. Yeah, that that one uh, especially. And um, I always love uh, Empire Strikes Back, the Hoth, uh, the kind of first act our first uh, opening scene of uh, Empire Strikes Back and the Hoth and just uh, kind of this icy world, but also um, it still feels very foreign and, and just uh, different. So, yeah. I like it. Um, so that's number three. Number two, I've got... Um, uh, I do have Indiana Jones on here. 
And <laughs> I always think of, yeah, it's uh, Raiders Which of the Lost Ark. Raiders right of the Lost Ark, man. The opening? Well, you know, the opening temple. Um, right on. I think I picked it because of just the, such the iconic, uh, it's just such an iconic scene with uh, known to the character of Indiana Jones. But oh, it's also, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It is. It's perfect, and it does. It really. It does definitely tell you a lot about that character right away. Um, and I think that's also what the set, even though it's there as you know, usually sets are there for kind of the backdrop or kind of establishing where you're at. I also feel like the the way the actor interacts with them tells you a lot about that that character. And yeah. um, I think uh, putting Indiana Jones in this kind of uh, you know, this, uh, this place, this ancient kind of temple or, or, uh, you know, place. And, you know, he's, you already get a sense of adventure and, and mystery already just right off the bat. And I think that's what really holds you, uh, and pushes you forward into, you know, knowing more about Indiana Jones and further into the story. Um, and it's just one of the most iconic freaking movie scenes ever. I feel ever, like. ever, especially with the, the, the sand and all. Yeah. Yeah. The spiders, um, stay out yeah, of the light. All, all of that. All of and it. it establishes so much uh, with Indiana Jones's character. And, of course, the, also the mystery of wanting to know more about him, too. So, um, yeah, freaking Indiana Jones for number two. I like it. And number one, it's funny because we've talked about this movie and you are doing a uh, part, uh, several parts uh, for Batman 89. Ooh. Um, with the Three Friends podcast. So, um I'm actually picking, yeah, Gotham City, Batman 1989. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's been a while since I've seen this movie, but the one thing I remember the most, um, aside from Batman and Joker and all that, is, uh, is is Gotham City in this movie. It's just so, especially we've seen different, kind of versions of Gotham city, um, you know, in the comics and even the movies that are coming out these days. Um, but there was just something very unique and yeah. funny enough Gothic about the, uh, Gotham city in this movie. And it had this, I don't know. It had so many different things It had this kind of darkness and grime to it. And, yep. but also a weird elegance to it. I, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, Anton first is the set designer. Um, and it's, I mean, it's his masterpiece, you know, it's really something special. It's really something special. It always just, it it always strikes me when I, when I see the movie and just like, that's the one thing I, I always kind of remember the most is the way it looks. And, uh, it really, it really does kind of, again, even though I've seen it and you're, you know, it's, it really does get you in there and, and really transforms you to Gotham city. Yeah. And, um, I really like that version of the, of Gotham city. Like in, I think in the last Batman, I don't know, was it uh, justice league movies? Like it, it's literally <laughs> just a, a city. <laughs> like, yeah, there's nothing. And, yeah. And you know, like Nolan's is, is kind of similar too, but in, you know, at least there's, I, I felt maybe with like the Nolan series, it was, is more so the, the, the community and the people, like that are living the same more so yeah. than like that that's Gotham. And I agree with, you know, this one too. It's, it's just like the, it just really establishes the, you know, it's, it's a comic book movie and for 1989 and having that, you know, it's also like, you know, it, it, it was so, uh, it was kind of a bold move. I, I don't know. Just, it was such a, very much. Yeah. 
uh, thing. But, you know, maybe that was something like, you know, as far as, co- you know, comic book to movie. And, and maybe that was the thought process behind it, too. And But, uh, again, it's still one of my most memorable kind of movie sets or, you know, scenes. So, um, yeah, Gotham City. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, brother. I had a lot of these running through my head. I, you know, Raiders would have been my number one. I, I had um, the underground of Cloud City. And I had... Oh. I had access yeah. chemicals from, from Batman. 89. But, but I was like, you know, yeah. we always talk about these and I want to talk about something different. And I was hoping, I was really hoping that you were going to have these on your list. I'm so glad that you did because we still got to talk about them. And we got to talk about some things that, you know, have never even been steamboat bill Jr. has never been mentioned on our show before. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah. I think we did a good job. Um, I love le- your list. Always learning too, man. Always learning. I love your list except for the, those four and five. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> I'm going through a hard time, people. <laughs> I don't like being reminded. Um, no, these th- that's that's great. That's a good. You know, I got to see the um, the miniatures. Well, they're not fucking miniature at all, but of the Harry Potter because I did the stupid Harry Potter tour in London. Um, the wonderful world of wizardry, or whatever the fuck it's called oh there's like (laughs) yeah it's well it's the warner brothers studio tour and they have the whole set of the outside of the um Uh, hogwarts and you walk around it's gigantic but it's a miniature and that's so uh, crazy yeah yeah that's cool i'm still down with miniatures and movies man oh fuck yeah there's still something about miniatures and the amount of detail that goes into them that i don't think any computer generated thing can really get there's something about shadows and there's just something about the physical thing that cannot be replaced and maybe someday it will be but right now we can tell yeah and it's the human touch, man, too. It like, is the these human are touch. Actual people going in there, making the little window or whatever yeah. it is. I don't you know? want it to look perfect. I want it to look like someone fucking made that shit. You know? Exactly. exactly I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's just me. I'm on one. I'm on one. Thumbs up for miniatures, um, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean, are you ready for a list? Yeah, hit me with it, dude. Jonathan, what are your top five favorite comedy albums? Comedy albums. All Comedy right, albums. Oh man, um, had to uh, had to do my. I had to kind of go back into my backlog of <laughs> just like man. I haven't listened to a common record in a minute. I know, um, but I, I think we've mentioned a few. I mean, we've talked about comedy a lot on the on the show, and we've you know we've had a couple of lists um, kind of going into that realm. Um, but I actually. The my number five is, uh, I remember I never owned this album, but I remember seeing. So my number five is "Dressed to Kill" by Eddie Izzard. Um, came out in two thousand two. I believe it was. I think he had a special, and then this was like the. I guess this was like the live, like the audio uh, audio of that show. Um, so I think, and that's the the one show that I remember him the most for. Like I. I I'm familiar with his work through that uh, show. Cool. And um, yeah, Eddie Izzard is, is uh, I mean, he's, he's quite a, uh, um, uh, uh, very interesting and almost a very, I don't know. His comedy is just so like intellectual and also raunchy at the same time. I don't know. It's just like all these different. So two of my happening. very favorite things right there. Exactly. And I, th- I think that's kind of the sweet spot of comedy, the, uh, you know, and I think he does it so well and he's so funny and, you know, being a, a British comedian 
and and also uh, also a transgender comedian too. Um, you know, it, it, his his way of telling stories and um, really engaging with the audience. You know, he's very captivating. You could really like he just kind of captures everyone when uh, when he's performing. And um, I I never owned this album, but I, I remember I did listen to it in my lifetime. Um, cause I, I was trying to kind of like relive the, the, uh, I don't know, the show or something or the TV show. So, um, nice. yeah, dress, dress to kill Eddie is that's one that, you know, I've been told since it came out, Oh, you got to listen to this. Andrew Hopkins was the first one to tell me you got to check it out. And I, he for whatever so reason, funny. I never did. And maybe now that I think about it, it's probably on Spotify. Maybe I'll throw it on. During my commute tomorrow or something. That And I was actually thinking the same thing. I was like, man, a lot of these albums are probably, like, I'm probably able to access a lot of these albums now. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these albums, man, I remember, like, a few of them, I think you've showed me, and we used to just listen to them. Like, it's just crazy when, when we lived in the time of, like, CDs and, like, you know, having this kind of, like... I don't know. You almost like treasured your, your CD collection, I guess. Yeah, it your, was, it was part of you as stuff, an extension you know? of your personality, you know? Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, five Eddie Izzard. Um, I've got number four, uh, party by Nick Swartzen. Party. Oh man, that's a great party. Album. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Nick, Nick Swartzen. He's, he's, uh, Super funny, man. And I, I, I feel like I listened to this album maybe after I kind of saw him in, in some movies or in the, in the movies. And I knew he was a comedian or a stand-up comedian, um, uh, you know, by heart. But um, my exposure to him was through, you know, kind of the films that he's been in. And uh, he was like in Reno 911 and all that stuff. And, yeah, he, he's just so interesting and funny and uh, in the title itself, Party. There's just a lot of a lot of really weird, obscene uh, jokes in that album, um, and uh, I don't know. I think this record was a, a perfect kind of uh, encompassing of his humor at the time and just the type of jokes he was saying. And um, yeah, and I, I still find them really f- funny. I actually just I think I watched like a comedy like half hour of him like just recently, and he's, he's still- great. He's still pretty great. So, um, yeah, party Nick Swartzen. Wonderful. Some good skits good, on there, Good too. call on there. I like it. Um, let's see here. Number three, uh, I've got, man, the late, great George Carlin, man. Uh, you are all deceased. You um, That's your favorite Carlin? Yeah, I, I remember listening. He's so angry in that. I think that's why I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know what? I was I I uh, I was kind of perusing some uh, some Carlin, and I, I don't own any of, uh, any of them on CD at all. Um, but I I was just kind of listening uh, back to some uh, some of the uh, jokes and everything, and it, it is kind of at the peak of his like, man. It's just that's how that's just uh, you know George Carlin, man. It's just saying it how it is. And I think and what happened too is I think that was like his first special since his wife had passed away. So he was like extra, extra yeah, angry. He, he's a great yeah, bit a about extra. kids in that one. You know, everyone help yeah. the children, save the children. What about the children? You know what I say? Fuck the children. <laughs> Fuck them. They're getting entirely too much attention. <laughs> it's, like, it's a. It's a, yeah. It's a perfect like you know at that at that time you know he was yeah for sure his 
his comedy was so like anger based, but it weirdly enough, I, that's what I always liked about Carlin is, is uh, the kind of subtle truths with a lot of his jokes where it's like, you know, oh, it's yeah. just like, man, this is, this is how I feel about it. And I, you know, th- this is how he, you know, views certain things. And, um, you know, some stuff is just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, you're you're totally right. Why are people like yeah. this? You know, it's very subtle observations on on the human condition. I would say so. Um, and I think George Carlin, being the angry man that he is, um, <laughs> that's the best way he can deliver it. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, I mean, I love Carlin so much, and this album actually was too angry for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I could, I could see it. And you know what? I, I, my exposure to, I, you probably have a more of an exposure to Carlin than I do. And, um, there are a couple other, uh, great albums that he has out. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is the most I remember of Carlin is this, the things angry, angry dude. I forget but, um, who got it for me. It was like a secret Santa type gift and someone like maybe in our youth group or something like that gave it to me, um, which is <laughs> not an appropriate gift, but it was my first Carlin audio CD. Like I'd seen complaints and grievances on HBO. Um, and I wore that record out, but I mean, it was, it's, it's, that's, that's a tough listen, you know? Yeah. Um, I I think maybe that's why I picked it. It's, it it is. I like it. I like it. It's interesting to like, man, this is like, yeah, this guy is just going for it, you know? And, um, but yeah, it, it does make me now curious, because uh, I, I have yet to, to listen to all his his uh, albums um, in their entirety, so it does make me want to broaden my scope of George Carlin as as a comedian, and um, you know, res- kind of uh, getting deeper into his uh, his discography. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, George Carlin. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm glad yeah. he made your list. Yeah, man. I mean, his comedy albums, man. I feel like he was such a, a big. Uh, yeah, big influence on the on comedy and and uh, um, yeah, he had he and he had quite a career too. I mean, it's lasted. I mean, he, I had, mean, he released a bunch of stuff too yeah. as well over the years. So from the '60s um, all the way till his death in '08. Yeah, sir. Um, so that's my number. Was that three? That was uh, three. Man, these last two, and we've talked about these, I'm sure, uh, on the podcast. But I just. They're just still my favorite comedy albums, dude. So I don't know which order to put them in. So I'm just going to go uh, number two, What the what the Hell Happened to Me by M. Right on. We have talked about this album. Uh, I just think it's it's just great. The skits are, are so funny. Um, I always remember is the goat, the goat skit. I always remember that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just it's it's funny. And I think it was a I, I always love those kind of skit based uh, albums and you know Adam Sandler being you know incorporating music also into a lot of his comedy yeah um, it, it was a very interesting listen because even listening into it you know now as an adult like it 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 had so much I don't know how to describe it like soundscape to it like those it a does lot of yeah there's they really were able to create uh, a sense of of space, um, even though it's just a, as far as like skits and 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 uh, you know songs. And it, I just think it you hear doors so well opening and a, people walking on the ground, and you know, it, yeah, they really put a lot into it. And I think as a as a whole album, 
itself. I think that's what I think that's it, it benefited for that to, to make it very consistent together and and very enjoyable. So um, and, you know, Adam Sandler, uh, he's got a slew of albums and, and songs. And I, I just think out of all of them, this one, it kind of boils down to this one for me. I, I will um, I'll agree with you on that. I'll co-sign that. Yes, sir. So Adam Sandler, uh, what the hell happened to me for two? I like it. And number one, uh, I have actually a, a close relationship on this one. Uh, Joey, Joey has introduced me to um, Robin Williams' A Night at the Met uh, in 1985. Uh, I remember you used to play this record for me all the time, dude. All the time. And it is probably one of my favorite Robin Williams, like just, just all Robin Williams, uh, you know, it's so good. All sorts of things. <laughs> He's just it's like, on fire. He's, He's on, on fire. fire. Man. And talking about all sorts of, I mean, like there's, uh, kids, drugs, uh, all, all different things happening in this. And he and, wraps it all up in such a oh, beautiful yeah. way. Um, exactly, man. And then you're right. It's, it's Robin Williams just going, you know, going at it. And you know, his, his, the way his comedy is and the way he, delivers it and and you know it's like he's just constantly going there's i always felt like there was never any lull moments like you know i, I know there's moments where you know you can kind of simmer it down and and kind of the dynamics of the performance but um at the same time he just he just had so much energy and so much to say and um i think that's what made it so engaging just hearing him just keep going and i, I don't know it 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 was the, it's the most energetic and kind of like engaging comedy album I can think of. Um, yeah, and it, I know it's a live performance. Uh, his uh, you know Night at the Met, and uh, it just perfectly captures, uh, especially you know coming out in, was like nineteen eighty five. Like I think five. I think yeah, eighty five. So it's like being that time and and that part time of his career. Um, you know, he was just on fire, dude. So he was incredible, incredible. And in fact, I kind of want to listen to that just out of nostalgia's sake and uh, try to find that tonight and just like maybe listen to it before I go to bed or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to check it out too. Um, but yeah, those are my five men. Uh, some of them are mixed, uh, kind of uh, comedy, kind of performance live albums. Some of them are co- like kind of concept albums, but. Um, overall, I think uh, those are the ones that really stick with me. So, very yeah. good list, man. I like it. I like uh, it I'm, a lot. I'm really curious to hear yours, Ben, because I, I feel like you're 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 kind of responsible. For, I feel for a lot of the comedy I oh. was exposed to growing up, man. So that's um, that's an I honor. Take a, Thank you. That that I take means a lot, lot. from you. Um, so um, interesting. Right on, man. So what are your top well, fives, dude? Number five. I'm gonna go. This is the first record I ever bought with my own money. Um, you can't talk comedy albums without talking Weird Al Yankovic. Um, oh, yeah, man. Running with Scissors. And it may not <laughs> be his best, but it's the one that I played the most because it's the first one that I bought. And, um, you know, uh, he has uh, The Saga Begins, his Star Wars spoof of uh, American Pie. Um, there's Albuquerque. There, there's there's quite a few. Um, there's so many weird ones. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I really you know, and he's he's a good musician. Like it's good music too. Like you know, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, number four, George Carlin, "A Place for My Stuff." 
Now, this is his 80s era. He's a bit goofier in the 80s. He wasn't nearly as angry. Um, And he actually does skits and things, which which threw me off when I first listened to this album. Because I was like, what? He... It's not just stand-up. And it opens with stand-up. It opens with the very famous, um, you ever notice how nobody ever seems to get laid on Thanksgiving? I think it's because all the coats are on the bed, you know. Uh, <laughs> and he does the whole bit about, um, you know, I, a place. Uh, your house is just a place for your stuff and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then he has like really weird, really weird sketches. Like he has an interview where he's Jesus Christ coming back. Um He's getting interviewed as Jesus. Like, Jesus, why did you come back? Yeah, mostly nostalgia. Um, I that. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. What would you want, <laughs> Jesus? A uh, Devo hat? I never had a Devo hat. Um, you know, weird, <laughs> weird things. He does, um, you know, um, like these weird commercials in the middle of the album that are just hilarious. And like, join the book club. And, you know, really. And it's and that, I think, definitely shaped my sense of humor for sure. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that album. Um, number three, I'm going to go Adam Sandler, What the Hell Happened to Me. Um, nice. Wonderful. You know, and there's there's so many, you know, you've got the Hanukkah song. You've got the goat. Um, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, the goat too, man. <laughs> the goat is is maybe the greatest single thing Adam Sandler's ever given us, maybe. Um, there's sex or weightlifting. Is this sex or weightlifting? <laughs> like, <laughs> We are definitely not lifting weights. We are definitely fucking. Nope. Sorry, I was weightlifting. <laughs> so good. Or the uh, the excited southerner uh, gets a ticket. You know all that kind of stuff. Um, number two, Robin Williams, Night at the Met, um, a masterpiece and a, a just masterpiece of stand up comedy. Um, everything you said just carries over. Like yeah, that absolutely. Um, there's tremendous heart to the performance as well. Like there's so much energy and there's so much raunch, but there's a lot of heart in there as well. Yeah. Um, number one though, tenacious D. Oh my God, dude. Why did not think of this? Uh, uh what, what a record. What, what a record. Yeah, you're right, dude. And it, Gosh, they've got some so skits, but there's a, there's a lot of songs and the songs are like really good and they're really funny. <laughs> and, um, man, yeah, I had this album when I was way too young to have this album and, uh, I love it. I fucking love the it. The D, man. Tenacious the D. D. Long live um, the D. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Um. Yeah, I mean, come on, you've you've got it starts off with Kilbasa, which is just a yeah. fucking rocking tune. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got you've got tribute, you've got Wonder Boy, you've got uh, the one note song, you've got Karate, Friendship, karate. Uh, Lee, um, The Road, Double Teamed might be my favorite. Um, City Hall is really cool, but the drive through is really funny. That's such a good um, skit, man, man. <laughs> Now I want to listen to this album. Um, I haven't listened to it like in years. I love this album though. Um, Wow. And and I don't think they made a record nearly as good as their first one. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, you're right, dude. It's just, if you're thinking about comedy albums and just what goes into a comedy album, I mean, they, they nailed it on that one, man. Yeah. It's just such a all around enjoyable album to listen to. I think back to front, man. It's like every song is, and Dave Grohl is drumming on it. Dude, I know. So That's there so, you go. 
There you go. The music, the mu- you know what? I always, I always felt like that album sonically and just the production was just so good. Like it's really for, good for a comedy album. They never, they didn't sell their, themselves short of it. And you know, obviously them being musicians too is it was you know a great, great uh, thing. You know, they 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 really brought home like the whole you know like we're you know we have humor and comedy but we inject it into the music that we play because we are tenacious d yeah i just i, I love how they always carried this on themselves like that and just like we are the shit pretty much like it's so great <laughs> so great and you know i i will give them credit i feel like you know um in terms of our dynamic when it comes to like the sex effects um we always cite the last shadow puppets but tenacious d is a huge influence Oh yeah, huge man. influence. Dueling um, guitars and you know, well, yeah, just man. and the personalities. You know, we we are very good at kind of you know, I I tune in on what your personality is, and I just go for the fucking opposite of that. You know, so it's it's a very <laughs> stark true, dude. contrast of you know, yeah. you know, and it, <laughs> and you know, in real life we may not be as different as as sometimes we sound, but you know. That's kind of it's a fun persona to to kind of adopt and play, you know. Um, I feel you, man. I I remember a time where yeah, that album was in your car, like all. You could have glued it in there. You could have fucking yeah. glued it in there. Yeah. Um and yeah, that again, you were my exposure to Tenacious D. <laughs> being able to listen to that record and and really get like really into those into that music, man. I remember it's, I listened to it all the fucking time. Hopkins got into it. And then um, my dog Mia ate my version of the CD. She fucking ate it. And my parents were like, no, we're not buying you another copy of that. So Andrew taped his <laughs> his CD for dude. me. Like I had it on cassette, you know. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. What, what, a, what um, a good guy. You know, you know, um, <laughs> so tenacious wow. D. I, I love that dude. I don't know why I didn't think of freaking tenacious D off the top of my head. You know, well, but. because I think we think of them more as music, but then you kind of think about that album and say, like, no, it's absolutely a comedy album, you know, comedy dude. Yeah. Comedy yeah. gold for sure. Really? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I really love this list tonight, man. Cause you know, me we, too. We I had a lot of fun. We've talked about comedians and and all sorts of different, movie like, sets, all sorts of stuff, man. So I I think comedy albums though they're they're very interesting because they do really, you know they they are the 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 kind of good good way of expressing, um you know the idea of like the stuff that they're trying to talk about and you know it's uh it's interesting, man. Uh, and then con- yeah. kind of concept albums too. Yeah. But, uh, Heck yeah, man. I love it. Heck yeah.com. Um, Jonathan, do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience this week? Um, this week? Uh, let's see here. Ha ha ha. Um, uh, you know, not that I know of. I, I've been like this week end was kind of crazy. So I, I've had a lot of t- chance time to think and reflect. Um, but yeah, oh, 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 other than that, um, Nothing at the moment. Nothing. Nothing crazy, guys. That's okay. No crazy shows for me this this week either. But um, yeah, Joey, do you have anything to share this week? Um, I'm just going to keep promoting the hell out of um, well, one the Three Friends podcast because I'm appearing on it lately, and we're talking about hey. 89. It's a lot of fun. But also, 
uh, because our good friend of the three friends, Alberto, um, and his band, St. Francis of the Wolf, were playing with them in Death and Taxes February 22nd at the Knockout from 5 to 9 at $7 at the door down the Mission in, in San Francisco. So please come on out, rock hey. with us, talk with us, and do something else that rhymes with those first two words. Um, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a really great time. <laughs> Very good time. Very good time, guys. Yes. Seanathan, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, my friend? Uh, find me on Instagram, Twitter, Sean Day Music, or at Sean Day Music. Uh, on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Net. Net. Uh, hopefully going to update my website pretty soon. So looking oh, pretty God. old. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, check, check, check it out, y'all. Chit, 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 chit. Check it check out. Check it out. Check it out now. Check it out now. <laughs> Uh, Joey. so fucking yeah <laughs> where can we find you on the internet dude you can check me out at Joey Prati on twitter and on my website joeyprotiscripts.com you can check out the t- uh, blah, blah, blah. you can check out the t- <laughs> oh, you can check out now. the podcast yes we are you can check out the podcast top 5 pod that's t-o-p-f-i-v-e-5 p-o-d on instagram on twitter at gmail.com and on facebook at top 5 podcast we are on apple music google play and soundcloud so please give us a like give us a listen give us a follow give us your love and we will give you, Jonathan, all the loves back for you guys. All the loves all back. The loves. Maybe some rabies. Maybe some coronavirus in return. Until next week, I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for, for that we sang that one that was you know sometimes we sing